you know the vibes welcome back to another episode here at the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 season five's out now get your copy through the link in the description it's myself momuzi alongside me as always the three-time nba champion mr bj armstrong bj how's it going bro real name no gimmicks all good settling back into the nba season second half of the season Yes, sir. And yes, sir. the games have been meaningful, and you can see the intensity starting to pick up just a little bit. We we got a lot to discuss, but before we get on to the second half of the season, a lot of the a lot of the listeners, a lot of our community, our family here have been messaging me asking about All Star Weekend. Uh, we haven't really caught up about that on the show, so I thought okay. let's have a little catch up about All Star Weekend because I kept getting messages like, "Oh, when's when's the podcast coming?" Da, da, da. Me and BJ only got to saw each only got to see each other once throughout the entire weekend. We managed to get a little lunch in. And even that, I mean, we were walking from the hotel lobby to the restaurant, which is like a 30 second walk. That took about 45 minutes because everyone in the world wanted to take a picture with BJ. Um, so, so it's uh, good to be back doing the podcast, but how was the weekend for you, sir? Weekend was great. Uh, I had a chance to see a lot of former teammates, former colleagues, coaches, executives, heroes of mine, guys I admired when I was young and played. So you got a chance to see true living legends. And of course, you know, fans and people that you've known in the business for years and years. So it was it's always great to have an opportunity to catch up with everyone in the media so forth and so on. But more importantly, you got a chance to see the players and you know, and how, you know, the, the young people like yourself, how they move. And <laughs> you didn't see how we move. You stayed, yeah, you stayed yeah, home. I, 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 I'm just, I stayed home, but I was just watching from afar. See how you move. See your guys' outfits and how you dress. <laughs> Shout out to hey, Foot Locker hey, for the outfits. Yes. And uh, so it was good. Um, yeah. A little chilly. We got a little snow. Oof. We got a little it snow. A little chilly. It was freezing. Yeah, it was freezing. Chilly. But overall, the the city was uh, it, it was nice. I had a I like, good time. I thought Indianapolis did a good job. I liked it because Indianapolis is so small. I didn't get an Uber the entire time I was there. I walked every bro. I got so many steps in every day. My whoop band was thrilled with me. I was because where I was staying, it was like a ten minute walk to the arena, twenty minute walk to go see BJ, ten minute walk to this, twenty minute walk to that, and I was just yes. I was out and about in the snow. It was bad though because I had a little. We call it a bally. You guys in America mm-hmm. call it a shiesty, a balaclava, right? Because it's snowing. Mm-hmm. I don't want my face to get cold. So I'm wearing that as I walk around, got gloves on. And obviously I usually wear all black clothes and I've got the mm-hmm. black balaclava and the black gloves. So I'm seeing people I know and I'm going to them as I walk past them to say what's up, but they don't know it's me. They just right. see a big guy in a balaclava pulling up on them. And they all just get so scared until I pull the mask off. I'm like, guys, relax, it's me. So aside from that, um, you know, I had a great time. I want to shout out Meta. The Meta Quest 3 is out now. We had a great time. I tried it out. BJ, you know the VR headsets? You saw Apple release theirs and Meta Quest has been around for a while. I was never really a believer. And and by the way, just so you guys know, this isn't a paid advert. They didn't pay me to say any of this. Okay. I've been converted to a believer. Okay. I tried it. Yes. And I had so much fun doing it. Okay. It was, it was crazy because the Apple one that you see, you can like watch NBA games, but that's just like watching the NBA game on my computer or on my TV. It's just a screen. 
But with the MetaQuest, they've got cameras courtside. So you put the headset on and you are transported to being courtside at an NBA game. So I literally looked to my right, Nick Nurse is sitting there looking in front of me, the players. So it's literally a courtside view. And for most people in this world, you're never going to get to be courtside at an NBA game. I don't think I've even been courtside at an NBA game. I've been courtside at college games and European games. I've never been okay. courtside at NBA. I ain't got that kind of money. So it was a cool experience to see, you know, what the view is like when you're sitting on the front row. I've been like two rows behind courtside, which is actually a terrible seat because the seats aren't elevated. And if someone's tall sitting in front of you, AKA the players on the bench, you don't actually see anything, but um, that was fun. And then also in the MetaQuest, you can watch multiple games all at once. And for someone like me who watches all the games possible, that's pretty useful. And um, there's other fun interactive games. We had a little popper shot basketball challenge going on with Tyrese Halliburton. He was, he stopped in to pay us a visit. Um, you can play golf on a MetaQuest. You can play, you, I can get into my American football bag, get my workout ready for the Lions because they might need some mm. help next year. Mm. Um, it, it was actually really fun. And, you know, before I was like, oh, I don't want to walk around with a headset on my, on my head. Da, da, da. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Because, you know, I don't believe in promoting things that I'm not a fan of, but I'm a fan. They've converted me. So shout out to Meta. Thank you for taking us. BJ, I'm going to get you the headset and you're going to test it out. And we're Please, see I, I would like to see. I, I would like to see and kind of give uh, my feedback. But sounds good. Sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You got a chance for a new experience. And you're sitting next to what Nick Nurse. So yeah, yeah, yeah virtually. virtually. Shout like, out to Coach I was in, Nick Nurse. You're I was in a, a box in the arena. No, I'm not a Sixer fan. But Nick Nurse is, is my guy because he used to coach in the UK. Oh, that's right. He that's used to right. coach over here. So it was nice to virtually reconnect with Nick Nurse. So, <laughs> so, so um I went to the games. Matter put me in a suite, very kind of them. Yes. And um kind of disappointed with some of the games, BJ. Kind of, kind of. So I've got some suggestions well. for you. Okay, go ahead. To improve All-Star Weekend. And okay. I want to know what you think. So okay. let's start with the Friday night. The Rising Stars Challenge. We had, was it four teams? Team Tamika, Team Powell, Team Detlef, and I can't remember who the fourth coach was. But it's like four teams and they play a little tournament format. Then there's GD players playing and all sorts. I think we should go back to rookie sophomore. The rookies versus the sophomores. I think that would be amazing because imagine this year you would have all the second year guys wanting to show that Wemby and Chet can't just come in and it's their league now. They would actually be playing for the pride of, no, we're not going to get beat up by these guys a year younger than us. And the young guys are going out there playing for the pride of, no, we're going to go and stamp our authority on the league right now. Whereas this little challenge thing they had. Wait a minute. Chet is Chet is a rookie, right? Yes. Technically. Yes. So wouldn't it be Chet and. Uh, yeah. Together. That's what I'm saying. Together. Yes. Imagine those two together, starting starting together. Interesting. So I believe it should go back to rookie versus sophomore, 48 minutes, four quarters, normal. What do you think? Well, somehow in All-Star Weekend, we've lost our way. And, and when I say we've lost our way, We've lost the mentality, and we. I, I think it's time to remind what All Star Weekend is all about. It's, it's really the the halfway point for the season. It's an opportunity for the partners and the league and executives and players to to kind of come together and really have a showcase, a celebration. 
and kind of set the tone for where the league is going. Kind of give a recap. The commissioner normally gives a press conference, gives an opportunity for the, the partners to come. The league takes over the arena and make sure that all of their partners and people that have seats and you could see their, their elite players. And more importantly, gives an opportunity for the players to kind of set the tone for, you know, for the second half of the season, which we've lost that. Now, normally you would go to the All-Star weekend to let everyone know that, hey, we're we're the the team to beat. We're mm-hmm. there 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 was some gamesmanship. I, I I was listening to Kevin Garnett's show, and he was saying, you know, that year when him, Rondo, Real, and Paul Pierce were all-stars, they were in the locker room chilling together. LeBron, Bosch, and Wade were in the locker room chilling together. Dwight Howard, Rashad Lewis were chilling together. And then Derek Rose was just kind of there on his own because no one wanted to kind of be friendly because they all know that over the next couple of months, they're going head to head. And now all of a sudden, I don't know what this, I don't know what has happened. Now, I, I, I have an idea what has happened, you know, as far as the direction, you know, and look, and I, I'm not against analytics or anything, but the game is taken off in a new direction where we're just the way we play, the way we coach and, and the way we observe the game. And that's cool. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. However, the level of competition now, certainly. I don't think you can blame analytics for that. I think that's to do with the attitudes of the players because the analytics say you need to play defense. These guys didn't play no defense, but going back to, well, go on, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So if, I take an enormous responsibility in what I say. I take enormous responsibility in what I do. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And when when you take responsibility and you hold yourself accountable, if I want a better student, which as a player, you have to have the mindset that you're open to learning. I'm not saying you're going to learn anything, but at least be open to that. If you're going to be a coach, you have to take the responsibility of you're going to learn something from your students, but you have to take the responsibility as a teacher. Hey, you're the coach. This is this is the player. So there, whether you want that responsibility, there's a teacher-student relationship going on there, and you both and both of you are going to learn from one another. If the students, for some reason, are not performing then the caretakers of the game have to take some responsibility to say, one, let me listen to my students. Why are my students performing like this at one of the biggest moments in the NBA season as far as viewership? What would make them do that? Why are they performing at this level? So at one point, it was where the players were performing at a, at a certain level. And suddenly now, All-Star Weekend now is like, well, I don't really want to play for whatever the reason may be. Now, it would be arrogant of me to think, oh, well, it's, it's the players. Well, you can't just always blame the players. And then you got to say, well, what, what are the teachers doing? What are we doing that would make these young men 
come out and perform like this. Like, okay, I have okay. some responsibility. Okay, yeah, you, so you can't just blame the player. The players aren't to blame for this. So here's the thing: when you say the teachers and you said we during the weekend now, uh, and I hear what you're saying, the players have so much responsibility from their sponsors, from the brands that they work with. I think Starry, the the energy drink or whatever it is. They must have paid every All-Star to come and do appearances for them. You know, every footwear manufacturer, they had players doing appearances for them. Every store had players doing appearances for them. So from where I was in, I was with, you know, I, I spent some time with yourself. I've seen a, a bunch of the other legends, you know, former players of the NBA. But I didn't see the current players coming and learning from you guys because they're so busy doing X, Y, Z with their personal brands. So I don't think they're at fault for that because it's in their contracts and whatnot. But when you say we, the teachers, as in the former players from that angle, no, I didn't no, see a lot of them actually having time to come and learn anything. So when you say everyone is always teaching, Mo, you're a teacher. Everyone who was there was teaching, whether you want to accept that responsibility or not. If we're going to be, if, if we're going to have stewardship or take stewardship over this game that we all love, then everyone has a role to play in that business so so you say okay everyone is busy well is that what all-star weekend is all about like that's been happening since the beginning that was the whole idea of all-star weekend everyone's busy everyone is working with their partners or whomever this isn't anything new i don't understand why this generation think they're the first one to have like partners however as an adult you have a responsibility to do the following, manage your time. Everyone, believe it or not, there was a guy, we don't even need to call him out by his name. There's a guy who had way more <laughs> brand recognition than any of these guys. Believe it or not. Well, well interestingly, interestingly though, BJ, like, the player right now who has the most brand recognition and I won't say his name, didn't even show up until a couple hours before the game That's what I'm saying. Like, so to, to do the game any, and then get out of town. This isn't anything new. However, what is... Oh, no, no, that's new, BJ. That's, that's, did any players before just fly in on Sunday night for the game? Because I remember watching All-Star Weekends growing up, no, and the no, best no, players no. were at the dunk contest, were, were on the side of the court. You know, you got Shaq Every there with his video camera, KG with his reactions. Now... Who's everyone on the sidelines at All-Star Saturday night? Listen, everyone has, everyone, everyone has an option to do in whatever their choice they make. We don't have to agree with the choices. However, the thing that is alarming to me, I should say, I guess that's a good word, is the following. Everyone worked this hard to have this opportunity. Everyone from Bill Russell to Oscar Robertson to Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier, all of these guys worked incredibly hard and dedicated their professional life and their careers to get the game to where it's at. Then the generation after that, the Kareems, the Julius Irvings, Connie Hawkins. Shout out to Dr. J, met him for the first time, All-Star Weekend. Okay. All of these people worked incredibly hard for that generation. 
and then so forth and so on. So now we get to a point now where all of a sudden now we're like, well, I don't have any more responsibility. That's whatever you want to do with your partners or whatever, that's on you. However, the stewardship, I'll say it again, and the responsibility, because it wasn't always like this. And if we don't take care of this, it won't always be like this. So whatever it is and whatever idea you may have, just take time to reflect on how it got here and what is your responsibility and accountability to make it for the next generation because everyone tries to leave the game better than what they found it. And if we continue to go down this step where people don't show up for whatever the reason may be, where they don't perform for whatever the reason may be, it won't always be this way. And yep. we won't leave it in a place where it's better. We're always talking about improving the game. We're always talking about, you know, trying to help the next generation, these guys. Victor Wimbenyama and these guys are coming. And all of a sudden, why are we going to leave it worse off than what we found it? For whatever the reason may be. So in saying that, because I feel an enormous responsibility, whether they ask me or not, is to try to leave it in a great place so that they can carry the torch, if you will, mm -hmm. and find, and then leave it on for the next guy. Because this game has been incredibly phenomenal for fans to enjoy, for executives, governors, players, coaches, media. There's a lot of people that owe a lot to this game and what it has become. And there's some responsibility and respect that has to be taken. You got to... I would think that most people would try to at least respect it for what it is, whether or not you agree with it, that, Hey, do what you want, but it is what it is as far as what the game has meant to so many people and what it has done that at least respect that part of, of the mm -hmm. business to leave it for the next player or the next generation. So back to the original, do you think rookie versus sophomore would be better than this current format that they had on Friday night? I, I don't think so. Why not? I, 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 I don't think. And the reason I, I don't think so is because, you know, when we, when you have guys playing, there, there's like a purpose, you know what I mean? Like you, you want to play for a purpose. So you say rookie versus sophomore. I don't know if that's like or, a thing anymore. Or Team World versus Team USA, which they did yeah, a few years I, ago. I, yeah, I don't even Do you think, think that'd be better anymore. You don't no, think that the USA guys have got pride in being American? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a thing for the, for this, for these guys. And the what reason they, what I say they that, should do, sorry, do you know, do you know what they should do? They should do Team Nike versus Team Adidas versus Team Puma versus Team Under Armour. That's what I think would be good. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what? You, you, uh, when you're young like that, when you're young. Excuse me. The the what the one problem the one problem I have with the, the rookie or whatever the what do you say was the rookies versus rookie sophomore, versus sophomore. sophomore game. 
is there's no accountability on winning, right? It's kind of like an individual thing. It's kind of like the rookie of the year award. Like you're just putting up individual stats and you can be the rookie of the year. Whereas you hear me say this all the time about the MVP award. And I always take into accountability. Hey man, is your, is your team winning? Like you could put up great numbers, but there has to be some accountability, you know? I mean, there has to be some, you know, you, you got to win. And so when you have this rookie versus sophomore, it's just such an individual thing now that I think it takes away from the game itself. Like, yes, do I? Do you want to highlight your young players? So, so what's the best format for the young players to play in then? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think they should play. I don't think those young guys should play because I don't think there's nothing to play. What is, what do you, what, what, what are we seeing? Like, what, what are you going to see in a rookie's? What, what, what do you want to see? Well, and like when Jarman and and Zion Williamson and that class of players were doing it, that was World versus USA, and we saw better dunks in that than most of the dunk contests. <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah well, yeah. well, let's just let them play in the summertime and you can see those guys. If you want to just see dunks, I don't think they're planned for anything. Well, like the, there has to be a reason. Well, to but play. here's the thing. We see the guys, you say there has to be a reason to play. We see the guys in the NBA go to programs in the summer and play hard. Why can't they do that? All star weekend. Cause in the programs, there's nothing to play for. Okay. All right, so let's look at that. Why do you play? Why do you play program? The, the reason you're playing is because you're either maintaining the conditioning that you're in, or you're trying to get in condition to be able to play or perform at the level you want to perform, or how you think, or whatever is required of you with your team. Like everyone has a different reason for what they do, what they do. So you train in the summer to prepare yourself for the season. I get why you play in the summer. Like you're preparing for something. You're getting ready for something. You're holding up your end of the bargain. By the way, contractually, you know, they say, hey, if you don't come to camp in shape, <laughs> that's a problem. Okay. So there is reason. I get the reason. These guys, <laughs> when they're young like this, I, I, what's their reason for playing? I don't get why they're playing. But maybe there is a reason why they're playing other than it's an individual thing where, you know, you know, their, their, their partners or people that they work with say they should play. I don't understand why they're really playing. Now, as, as a NBA all-star, I understand why you would play, why you would want to play there. Okay. So before we get to the all-star game, let's talk about Saturday night. Um, we had the skills challenge, which was a very confusing format. I think it should go back to what it was before, like the little obstacle course thingy and then, you know, layup and then a three-pointer or whatever. Uh, but back then, just, you know, when I was younger, we were watching the skills challenge where it was like John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Derek Rose, Steph Curry, Deron Williams, like the best point guards in the league because we wanted to see who's the fastest. You know, who's got the fastest speed with the ball, can finish at the other end and come back down. That was an interesting skill contest to watch. Even the year where they did bigs versus guards and we had like Jokic and... The Giannis going up against the point guards. That was interesting to watch. This year, we have like the hometown team and with great respect to Benedict Mathurin and Miles Turner. Why am I watching them at All-Star Weekend? All-Star Weekend, I've come to see the stars, not the role players. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a weird format now. They have all these different challenges and whatnot. And Scotty Barnes is 
he did a skills challenge before and couldn't make a layup, and yet they invited him and Tyrese Maxey again. And then Anthony Edwards isn't taking it seriously. He's shooting with his left hand. So I would like that to go back to how it was before and actually get the best of the best players to do that. And, you know, like when it was all the point guards, they wanted to establish themselves. I'm the quickest point guard in the league. Whereas now the skills challenge is just kind of to kill time, I guess. They didn't look like they really minded who won. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Again, it's a different time. Like, let's move on. These yeah, guys wasn't are... that long ago, though. That was like 10, 13 years ago, maybe. I'll say it again. I, and I'm not... Listen, I think... When you start stressing the individual performances of the players, you start coaching the game to stress individual... You know... Well, this guy has a whatever, whatever it is. I just call it analytics. I'm not singling out those guys. Listen, analytics are important. I think they are important. However, what has happened now is we put so much stress on stats and all of those things. It's taken away for it's taken away the reason or the competitive spirit of why you play. Like are you playing to get your numbers or are you playing to compete? Are you playing? Why, why are you playing? Like everyone has a reason for why they play. Like, okay. Yeah. You might play to get paid, but that's not going to keep you playing at the highest level just because you're getting paid. You got to have, there's some reason why you play and you love what you do. And what you're seeing now is for some reason the players don't yeah, want to Yeah, compete. this is this is the thing. Everyone says for the dunk contest, just offer them more money and that more people will dunk and it'll do better dunks. But uh was it Vince Carr who came out and said the league offered a million each for T Mac, Vince, Kobe, and LeBron to do the dunk contest one year. I might be mistaken on the details of that. And it, and some of the players said no. But looking at the dunk contest, it was like a rite of passage, right? So you had Dr. J, he, he he was known for it. And then Michael Jordan came along, he was known for it. Then Kobe Bryant came along, he got involved with it. And then as much as I don't like agreeing with Stephen A and what they say on ESPN, I think he was spot on when he said that LeBron not doing the dunk contest is a big reason why no one feels like they should do it now. Because um, I don't know if everyone remembers, there was an All-Star weekend where he was courtside and he said to the cameras, I'm doing a dunk contest next year. And then he just never did it. And I feel like okay. because the players in the league respect him so much, if someone of his stature did the dunk contest, not now, but when he was in his prime, then I think a lot of players who now are in the NBA that grew up watching him, they would then want to do it. But no one's watching role players or guys who aren't even on NBA contracts, G League players doing the dunk contest and be like, oh, I want to be like him when I grow up. Like, no, they want to be like the superstars that they idolize. And if the superstars they idolize aren't doing a dunk contest, why are they going to get to the league and want to do it? Well, I, I would hope when you're coming to the NBA and you play in the NBA, that well, one of the things that you have to do is you have to give up the idolizing and looking up to the players that you're actually competing against. <laughs> You'd be shocked, BJ. First, you, you would be shocked. I, I, like I said, I would hope. But, but but maybe that's it. That's part of maybe that's part of it. I'm not familiar with that way of thinking. <laughs> you would okay? be shocked. There were there were players I respected, but when you get to that level, then you have to you have to learn how to compete. Maybe maybe that's just what it is now. Like 
you get to the NBA and everyone, whatever you idolize, whatever it is, whatever it is you do, you know, like I, I remember I, I had a lot of respect for a lot of players, but once I got there, <laughs> all bets were off. Mm. That's, that's just how it was. And that's how it is. That's how it always will be. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, that's what it is. You get paid to win. You get paid to perform. Okay. You don't get paid to play. You get paid to perform. Cause if you play and you lose, they're going to get rid of you. I just read a stat. Okay. I'm, I'm going to read you this stat. Someone just sent this to me today. They said, okay. this was reported by ESPN. Nearly half the players picked in the top 40 of the 2020 and 2021 NBA draft have already been given up on by the team that drafted them. Say that again. What percent? Nearly half the oh players picked in the top 40 of the 2020-2021 NBA draft have already been given up on, in quotes, by the team that drafted them. Yeah, so either they oh. cut them or they traded them away. And yeah, so that's why. Here's what I'm saying. Now, this isn't me giving my opinion. I always try to share information with young people because I want to see these young people win. I mm. want to see them excel. I want to see them be the best version of themselves. You don't get paid to play in the NBA. You get paid to win. That's the difference. Whether you want to acknowledge that, whether you understand that, here it is. So if what I'm saying is true, the owners of these leagues, of these teams in this league, in this one league called the NBA, acknowledge it. How come the players don't understand it? <laughs> it just is what it is. This isn't me just shouting, no, professional sports, you, there's a requirement for you to be a professional athlete. You have to perform. When the mm -hmm. lights are on, you have to perform. Now, we can blame this guy. No, I'm not blaming anyone. No, do you understand, do you understand the responsibility of what the All-Star Weekend could mean to you. And everyone says they're a brand, okay? You want to be a brand. Most players of that magnitude understand the following. I'm going to use All-Star Weekend to jumpstart, kickstart my career. But more importantly, I'm going to let everybody in the league know I'm – I want to be, and I'm going for this, I'm going to be the best player in the league. You can mm -hmm. talk about it. You can talk about it. Hey, man, I want to be the best. You can talk about it. But then, Mo, as in this generation, let's put it in this generation's turn. Let's be about the action. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can talk about it. I want to be. You can give the interviews. You can come on the podcast, and you can do all the talking you want to do. <laughs> but then when the action comes, and it's time to put up, and when the lights are the brightest, you got this whole world in front of you. No one shows up to take the mantle. Mm -hmm. We all talk a good game. The difference is in our, well, not our, because I don't want to be like the old guy. <laughs> Use the All-Star Weekend to be about the action. And the action is who's going to step up to the plate to claim they don't want to be the best player. Mm -hmm. 
or do you just want to be anointed with no way or or do you just want to be handed well it's understood that such and such is the best player no no like here it is <laughs> like 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 right now i'm looking at this all-star weekend going the league right now is wide open mm -hmm. no one stepped up to the plate to say this is mine mm -hmm. no one stepped up to the plate and said i'm i'm the best dunker i'm the best this i'm the best player here and I'm going to set the tone for everyone else. If what I'm saying is true, Mo, this has to be held accountable for every game you you step on. You, every time you play or any time you step on the court. If you want to know how good your team is, you just have to look at the best player. The best player on the team is going to set the tone for everyone else. The All-Star Weekend. It was made for someone to step up and say, this is my league now. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 Mo, I wanted to run down there to that court and say, and whisper. It was a few players who I wanted to whisper to and say, listen, man, listen, you want this league? You, you, you know, all those things y'all keep saying y'all want, y'all want to build your brand. You know, all those things you keep mm -hmm. saying you, you want to be, you want to be the goat. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the goat, but nobody don't want to do what the goat has to do to be the GOAT. Mm -hmm. And if you remember that clip of Michael Jordan in the locker room, where he said, there was one clip, I think in a documentary last dance, where he was like, well, we're here, we may as well go win. But then the that other one, KG was saying again, he was in the locker room saying, if you aren't going to come outside and compete, and if you aren't going to come outside and win, stay right here in the locker room. That's what, that, all I'm saying is, if you're going to, there was two fouls in the whole game, BJ. There was two fouls in the whole game. This guy says he's the one. This guy says he's the goat. This guy said you, you, your generation says that. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm, I don't. I'm, There's no, only one. I'm just goat the old me. guy. I'm just the old guy. However, if you want to be the goat, and if y'all want to be the greatest of all time, if you want to be, Man, you know, everyone. Whatever. This is the thing, BJ. Everyone says they've got mamba mentality. Hashtag mamba mentality. Okay. Okay. I watch Kobe Bryant. Pick up guys full court in an all-star game. I watched the all-star game where Kobe blocked LeBron about three times in one game. He played defense in the all-star game. So how are you, hashtag mama mentality? And it's a layup line for two and a half hours. This is what... I just want to encourage the young people because sometimes you don't want to be this guy that's my age and look back on your life Look back on your career and say, coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's one thing. That's one thing I'm probably, and I don't talk about my career, but there's one thing in my career that I can look at myself every day and say, I know I did the very best I could every time I stepped out on the floor. Did I always play my best? No. Did I win every game? No. But I can tell you one thing you did. Well, there's one thing I did. I tried to crush everybody I, I tried to play against every single night. I ain't trying to just win because, well, that was how you play. That's played. not enough. Winning is not enough. I got yeah, to destroy my opponent. Now, I tried to do that. And I knew that's why it's so fun. When you saw me, everyone's like laughing now because yep. I knew. This is a little when, shit when we saw on. Tim Hardaway. <laughs> when we saw Tim Hardaway. Yep. yep. Tim and I are like terrific friends. Yep. But there wasn't a moment I saw Tim Hardaway who had one of the greatest crossovers ever where I knew he wasn't trying to destroy me. He wasn't trying to like, 
Hey man, that's my man B. It's all love, man. I'm just gonna <laughs> take it easy. No, Tim was trying to hit me with the cross, the step back, and he would have scored a hundred points on me if he could. Mm -hmm. When he saw me, even to this day, he gonna talk trash to me. Yep. He go and we gonna laugh about it because that's what it is. That's what sports is. I don't care who you are, what you are. That's the beauty of a relate. When you say, man, Tim tried to hit me. And Tim knew when I saw him, what I was trying to do yep. when we played against him. That's healthy, competitive competition. Now, if something is wrong with that, then I just don't want to be right. I just but think maybe. Tim wasn't, he wasn't calling me before the game saying, hey, B, let's grab a bite. He wasn't calling me saying, mm -hmm. Let's go golfing. Let's go golfing. No, Tim was like, oh, okay. You know how Tim talk. Oh, what you trying to do? <laughs> Are you trying to come in? That's my man. And I love Tim. We're going to get him on but the show. That, We're going to get him on the that's, show. That is the beauty of sports. But do you think, BJ, you're a parent. I'm not a parent. So you can probably speak to this better than I can. But I hear a lot of stuff that now kids are growing up with participation trophies for everything. And it just seems... And I sound like a really old grumpy man saying this is the world's getting really soft and everyone, everyone, young, all the young people, because I'm old now, you know, I'm 30 this year, is everyone's just soft now. I, ha I have three kids, right? And I, and, and, I, and I say this as a parent, I, I, who am I to, to say what's going on with other people? I, I, no, I don't no, look but, at other but people. But what I'm saying is, other people, you know, yeah, you parenting, see your kids whatever getting uh, participation trophies. But, when but, you were a kid, how would you have felt? Would you still have that same mentality if you were getting a, a, a well done for trying? Every parent, every kid, everyone has a different way of looking at the world. So I, I'm not I'm not getting into parenting, right? What I can say in my household, in yes. my household, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in my household is I was very fortunate to grow up in a household where we had truth tellers. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's rad nowadays. I don't know. I again, I'm not looking at other people. I just keep my blinders on and I have a rule. I mind my own business and I stay in my own lane. In my house, okay, my house, right? We have truth tellers. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't care where the truth comes from. I have three kids, wife, family, and all that stuff. And we don't care where the truth come from, but somebody's got to tell the truth. That's how it works in the Armstrong household. Now, I don't know how it works in the other house. I don't know who's soft and I don't know who's what. Hey, in my house, there's no damn kids. Okay. <laughs> but what I can say is I that's how I grew up. So my parents, even to this day, they're going to keep it real. My friends, they're going to keep it real with me. My wife. She is going to tell me the truth, my kids, and vice versa. So when you grow up like that and you have truth tellers, it may be a different experience than what it is today, according to what you just said. I don't know. I'm not, again, I don't go around going, well, this guy is soft. No, nah. like, you know, like people talk about the league is soft. Well, I'm not saying it's soft. It's just a little different now. It's a little, it's just a little different. Well, it should be different, right? Because when you look at the fouls and things that were happening in that generation, somebody could have got seriously hurt. Somebody did get seriously hurt. Mm -hmm. They needed to clean it up. 
However, however, when you have players and the players have to govern themselves, see, that's the key. All right. When Mo follows me hard, I'm not going to take that up now with the official. I got to take that up with Mo. You can try. See, that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference in try. our era. When someone followed you out of character, yep. it wasn't like, hey, man, call the foul. <laughs> <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Oh, Shout out to Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, exactly. Lost so, 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 like, you know, I was a little guy. I was a little guy by NBA standards. Like, people see me all the time. They go, man, I had no idea. You're like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, like, you was always a little guy. Okay, but Mo, I'm just using it as an example. If Charles Oakley just came and fouled me hard. Mm -hmm. Now, I got to make a choice. Because back then, there was no, like, you could actually get a couple swings in, and that would just be a technical. Mm -hmm. So you had to make a choice. It's not like today where flagrant two, you're out of the game. Okay. <laughs> now, I would argue, I would argue the following, because this these were understood rules within the game. When you foul someone hard and you were a little guy, you could always tell the good teams from the mediocre teams from the bad teams. If a big guy fouled a little guy out of character, meaning he just battered this guy. If your bigs did not come up and take a stand for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. My big was Bill Cartwright. I never worried about a big guy hitting me when I knew Bill Cartwright, who we refer to as the teacher was playing. I never worried about that, but I also respected the game and I never went in there and tried to disrespect the big by just going up, trying to just get layups because bigs had a responsibility to say, listen, you guards, stay on the perimeter <laughs> and the bigs are going to take care of the interior. It was understood. And if you got all the way to the basket, everyone took exception to that. Even the referees would tell you, you can ask any player who played in a generation. If you were driving to the basket, let's say I got to the basket three or four times in a game, which was a lot for that era. The referees would tell you, okay, B stay out careful. of the lane. Be careful, bro. <laughs> okay. Cause bigs were like, we didn't play that where if you got to like these guys go to the basket now and they're doing step throughs. No, someone would have yeah, somebody would do they're putting finger rolls and twisting. You just didn't do that. And the reason being is because there was a certain level of pride that was taken from the bigs and the littles. I never worried about a big ever hitting me without my big saying, no, that's not how that works. Now you go to the basket and how many times do you see guys just like fall back? Yep. <laughs> okay. So the analytics of the game has taken away the competitive spirit, whether it was that maybe that wasn't the intention of the analytics, but that's what has happened. Now the bigs can't take care of the team. They can't take care of the interior paint. That's why you and I, every playoffs, we say, well, the game gets a little bit more physical win, Mo, <laughs> once the playoffs. the playoffs begin. Why? Because everybody knows you can't win unless you play that brand of basketball. That's a fact. So what has happened 
is the game now looks one way during the regular season, and then it looks a, a different way in the postseason. And that is what I'm saying. Analytics, everybody has looked at the stat sheet since the beginning of time. However, there has to be a certain level, a level of what's called a competitive spirit that has to enter into but, the uh, game. The analytics is telling teams to take more threes, take less mid-range shots, take threes and layups. There's nothing in the analytics that is That's in the guys, regular season. But in the but in the postseason. In the regular season, in the regular season, there's nothing in the analytics that's telling guys don't foul him hard when he comes in for the layup. The analytics hasn't said anything about that. That's a the analytics is that's saying a mentality that, thing. The, the, the analytics is saying that now, Mo, because one, you can't impeach the progress of a player. Two, if you foul and they go and look at the replay and they determine you didn't go for the ball enough. That's a flagrant one, flagrant two. So, yes, it has determined. So the rules, not the analytics, that's the rules of the game, how it's officiated. Okay. The rules were were put in place by who? The people who are now governing in the game. Those are the guys who are governing. Analytics are the most influential people in the game now. That's a okay. fact. It's, 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 if that's, if that's where the NBA is ruled, that's where the that's, NBA rule changes come from. That's one, I'm talking about the team analytics of the, how they play tactically. Because I just know if I was a coach, I was like, man, he's had five, six layups, man. Go him. But maybe that's why I'm not a coach. Well, well the, the game, the way the game is played now, the way the game is taught now, the, the coaching methods of the game, that's how they play. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but what I do know is once we get back to the playoffs, everyone goes back to the mid-range. Why? Because that's the one area on the floor. That's the one area that's on open. the floor. No, it's not open. That, that's not true. It's not open. When you get to the playoffs, the best teams, the better defensive teams are going to take away some option that you have. If you are a driving team and I'm a good defensive team, well, I'm going to take that away. Yeah. If you're a good three-point shooting team, I'm going to take that away. So the mid-range is the only place that's open for you to take a shot. It's not open. That's the no, only but, no, place. No, but that's what I mean. I don't mean it's just open and no one's standing there, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if they're taking away your three-point shooting, so you got to go to your mid-range. If they're closing out hard on the shooters, you're going to have to pump fake, get into the mid-range. The only place that a great player can play, for the most part, in a high-level game, is in that area. That's because you don't start your defensive pressure at the mid range. <laughs> you're going to extend your defense as the game goes, or if a guy can't shoot, you're going to just sink back on him. Mm -hmm. You didn't make it to the NBA finals because you couldn't shoot. And you certainly <laughs> didn't get to the NBA finals because the only thing you could do is drive the basket. You've heard me say this. There has to be a blended brand of basketball that has to be played. <laughs> the bingo card is I, getting I, filled up today. Yeah, blended yeah. brand of basketball. You, you have to have a, you got to have guys on your, that can penetrate. You got to have guys that can shoot. And then when they take, you, you can't take away everything. And then the only place where you can't go, that's called the gray area is what's called the mid range. That's why the great players play in the mid range. Because mm -hmm. only a few of them actually have the talent to get there. This is something like you're a three-point shooter. You don't have the ability to play in the mid-range. Because if you did, you would be there. 
It's like everyone doesn't have the ability to drive to the basket, believe it or not. That's why AI played there. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when you see a player that has the capability, like a Kawhi Leonard, for instance, a Shea Alexander, you're watching him now doing the regular season. When you see these players playing there, it's because they have a they have a they have enough talent, first of all, where you can actually say, oh wow, these guys are they're a little different. That's where the great players play. Some players, everybody can't just do what Shea Alexander what he does. Like everyone doesn't have the ability. Like we all know, like, man. His, his stop and start ability is is not human. Okay, exactly. That, that, so I would love to just say, hey, let's practice mid-range. You don't have mid-range talent. Mm. <laughs> like, we can't. That's what I'm saying about the. the we, we watch the NBA's regular season and then try to project what's going to happen in the postseason. Well, I'm watching guys do things in the regular season that I know they're not going to do in the postseason because the teams they're going to play against are better defensively. That's why those teams are the top eight teams, and this is why this team was in the lower half of the division or the conference. Mm -hmm. So as we're watching these games, as we're watching the, the league, you know, there's certain things that you just got to, like, acknowledge. Some of these players are just so amazing. Like Jason Tatum. Like, at some point here, you would hope that he figures out the blended brand of basketball that he's going to need to play to win a championship. He's got a three ball. He clearly has a handle. He can get to the cup. He's got the size. Now he has the strength to play through contact. And you would hope that he'll figure it out. that Because that's what the great players do. They just figure it out. It's not like a, a thing you can practice. You just got to figure it out. I don't know what the, if it, if someone knew what it was, they would just say, hey, hey, 35% of the time, shoot from here. The other That's what they try to do. That's, that's what, what they, they try, try to do. do. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. There's too many variable factors for that to actually be just a thing. figure it out as you go along. That's right. That's find a way. Great ones find do. a way. Find a way. And also, while you guys are here, you should find a way to subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. BJ and I will be back tomorrow with more. We can talk about the second half of the season, and there's a lot more in store. So make sure you don't miss an episode and get buckets.